What's going on, everybody? It's Cooper and James, and we are from the back pins. James, how you doing on this Monday morning? Hanging in there, getting ready to go get some more uh, stem cells today. And sometimes that's that's a painful experience later, but not so much during. Like a cortisone shot, basically, for anybody that's ever had one. You'll feel like crap for two or three days after that, but then you feel like a brand new man. So far, it's working real well. Heck yeah, man. Uh, Best of luck with those treatments. Yeah, that does not sound like a fun experience at all, but it was a busy weekend for PBR. They had two velocity events. They had the UTB in Glendale, Arizona, so we've got a lot to talk about. So without further ado, grab them slides, boys, because we're coming at you from the back pens. So to kick things off, we'll just jump right into our Velocity Tour Minute. They had two events over the weekend. They had a one-day event in Dayton, Ohio. The old guy, Ven Johns, comes out on top. 173.5 on two head. He earned 38.5 world points. Pretty good weekend for Ven. You know, he's definitely no spring chicken. And they also had their three-day event of the year in Bangor, Maine. And Brandon Davis walks away the winner on the, in that deal. 172 on two head, 39 world points. James, what do you think about the Velocity Tour over the weekend? I loved it. I loved that they had Banger Main, and I call Banger Main one of their one of their majors because you don't have very many that are three days. And I call Denver one of their majors. That's just my own philosophy on that deal. But Brandon Davis is from Arkansas, so good to see another Arkansas guy going to make the tour again. He overtook the lead in the overall standings of the Velocity Tour, I think, by two or two and a half points. Ben Johns, on the other hand, in Dayton, Ohio, that's the oldest active rider in the PBR. I think he's 48 or 49, somewhere in there. And uh, to be able to hang with these guys and not only hang with them, but make some real good rides. And I would venture to guess that he's still one of the fitter guys in the locker room. Other than that, man, it was a great weekend and looking forward to moving on and talking to Glendale, unless you have something else to add. Yeah, I'd just like to say that Ven, Ven at his age is in better shape than a lot of 22-year-olds. The guy is in phenomenal shape. So that is probably a big reason why he is able to ride bulls at that level at that age is because he takes his conditioning very seriously and you can tell when you when you meet him and look at him. He's he's a specimen, no doubt about it. But yeah, let's let's go over to the Glendale UTB event. So it's kind of a tough weekend for us. We didn't have as much time as we'd like to really sit down and watch it. You know, I caught most of the the perf they had on Sunday, cut it out a little short. They had some some scheduling issues with the March Madness brackets coming out and everything yesterday. Kind of tough to get to it, but I saw a good chunk of yesterday. And I know James, you watched most of it on Friday, so we're gonna do our best here. But we'll we'll be up front. You know, we didn't get to watch it like we normally would have. But when you look at it, Mauricio Morea comes out on top, two hundred and seventy-two and a quarter on three head. Mauricio earns one hundred and fifty-seven world points, and I believe that puts him in the second spot in the world standings. What do you think about Mauricio getting it done this weekend in Glendale? He didn't just get it done. He dominated from start to finish. He won round one and continued his momentum. I really didn't think he would ride. I'm legit, too, in the 
championship round. If I'm being bluntly honest, I really didn't think that that bull would fit him as well as it did, and I'm glad he proved me wrong. So why is that? Because I actually think that's one of them that he should like. He should eat up every time. Why? Why didn't you like that matchup for him? It goes back to the whole Sean Willingham lean back deal. If he stays forward, there's no bull that I have a problem with him getting on. It's just some weekends he just gets too far leaned back and too far stretched out to ride anything. I just thought, you know, he's got some momentum. Can he carry it into the championship round and, and finish as strong as he started and did? And now he's in a race for a world title. Yeah, he made it he made a big move. I mean, he was sitting in that top ten, but I think he was more towards the back half of that and he definitely jumped up quite a ways after this weekend for sure. In second place, Luciano De Castro, two hundred and sixty one and three quarters on three head. Luciano earned ninety three and a half world points. Luciano picked the the hot bull right now in the short round, Diddy Wa Diddy. Didn't have his best day on the bull end, but Luciano did his job, 88 and three quarters. In the short round, what do you think of Luciano's weekend, James? The guy's getting more and more consistent like he was before. He, I don't know if he was injured or what, but he kind of disappeared for a little while. But then when he got his mixture out, he came back and came back with a vengeance, and he's riding really, really well right now. Looking at it on paper, I did not see it. But looking at it on paper, I expected him to be over 90. But I guess that was more on the bull and Cooper. You're going to have to fill me in there because I didn't see it. You know, unfortunately, I didn't get to see that ride either, James. But looking at the bull score, they only marked him 43 and three quarters. So I don't know. It obviously didn't have as good of a day because guys have been oh, way over 90 on him now the last two, three times they've rode him. So it's one of those deals. It was tricky that... That portion of the recording got cut off when I tried to DVR it, and that's just how it goes. That's life. But when you look at a bull score of 43 and a quarter, it's going to be tough to be 90 when they're only in the 43s. So moving on to the third-place finisher, and James, you were high on this guy coming into this week. You think he's one of the hottest guys going, and, and he stayed pretty hot. Keike Pacheco finishes in third, 181 and a quarter on two head. Kaike earned 83 world points. Pretty nice weekend to follow up after that win at the American, don't you think, James? Yeah, he needs more money, don't he? <laughs> I seen it coming. He was 55th or something like that coming into the end of this event. Now he's moved all the way up into the 20s just from having a very successful weekend. That's how close and tight the points are. And I wouldn't surprise me if he got on a run and and at least ended up in the top 10, if not higher, before the season's over. Yeah, I expect Kaike to to keep going strong. I mean, this is a guy, he can be really consistent. And when you look at it, he came into the short round on, on one score. So he got left one that most guys don't like and they don't get along with. He put it on him. 92 and three quarters on Pookie Hauler. It's been a while since that Bulls got rode. Last time he got rode was last year, but he's been on a pretty nice little streak here of bucking guys off, and it didn't bother the Iceman. He says, let me have him, puts it on him, and I believe that was the highest score of the event, if I'm not mistaken. So good to see from Kaike, your fourth-place finisher, Kyler Oliver, 179.5 on two head. Kyler earned 56 world points, and this is a guy I really like. This guy is legit. He can ride 
bulls going either direction. It doesn't really matter what the bull does. He's got a lot of talent and he's tough. He's gritty. He's got all the makings of a world champion. I really expect big things from Kyler coming down this home stretch here. And so do I. I just wish he wasn't 90 or nothing most of the time and get a little bit more consistent as far as the 83, 84, 85 point bulls. Not that he's not, and I have no room to criticize anybody that's in the top five or even in the PBR for that matter. I'm just an analyst that talks about it, but I would like to see him get a little bit more consistent with the bulls that you're supposed to ride because the ranker they get, the more he likes them and he gets fired up about it. And he he rode uh, riding solo in the championship round, if I'm not mistaken. And honestly, on paper, I did not think that was going to go his way. Yeah, he's a guy that he can really light up the scoreboard. If he gets the right bull matched up underneath him, like they, they, there's big time potential there. He does let a few get and get by him that probably shouldn't, but that's everybody. Rounding out your top five, Derek Colbaba, 175 on two head. Derek earned 47 and a half world points. Good to see from Derek. You know, he's a guy that gets pretty streaky sometimes. It seems like he's either really on or he's really not. There's not a lot of middle ground with him. And good to see Derek getting the job done and, and getting a top five finish in Glendale. Oh, absolutely. And not only that, he came in second place going into the championship round, and I was just really surprised that Mauricio Moreto or, or anybody that's in first place that has the opportunity to pick Paul doesn't. That bull, he's decided that he doesn't like to get rode as much as he used to, I think. I think he's changing things up. But more guys are hitting the ground consistently than they were last year, let's put it that way. So to me, that makes him more of a contender for a world champion bucking bull because he's harder to ride now than he was a year ago. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really understand the criteria because to me, some of those other bulls like Grand Theft and Listen or, and even Riding Solo should be considered more bucking bull of the year type bulls. So what it comes down to is the average bull score over a certain amount of outs. And I think it's only six outs this year because it's kind of condensed a little bit but basically they can buck them more than six times and the more you buck them you're given an opportunity to drop like low scores so like let's say whoopa has kind of an off day and they mark him 43 points if he's got 10 outs they're only going to take the six highest ones and that's how they get their average for the bull of the year race and then both the outs at the finals in fort worth this year they get weighted into that too and they have to count so it can be a really nerve-wracking time for a guy who's got one that's in contention for a world title race that can get a little antsy in the shoot because if they don't get out on your bull at the finals, it's going to be pretty tough to win that that award because you're going to get a zero. And I've seen it. Cochise was in a world title race not that long ago, four or five years ago, whenever it was, and they didn't get out on him in one of the rounds, and it pretty much eliminated him from the race. So it's not a vote. Like that's just how they mark bulls now. They really like Whoopa in a bull like Liston or Grand Theft. In my opinion, yeah, they're probably harder to ride. Their resumes will at least say that because they don't get rode very much, but they don't always get marked that high either. And some of that's because guys can buck off those bulls so quick. 
But also, I think there's a lot of things going on with those two bulls that there's more to him than meets the eye, I guess, is what I'm getting at. You look at Liston, he's big, strong, and he's going to play head games with you. That bull, he's a big, scary one that he wants you to know, hey, I'm, I'm the man here. And I think he can intimidate guys a little bit, too. Grand Theft, he's just a really big, solid bull that's going to go to the left, and he's going to mean it. You better have your hammer cocked when you get on him. So I think that's what it comes down to with the bull of the year race is just it comes down to how they judge him. And they really like Wupa, and I have nothing bad to say about him. But I'd agree when you're talking bull of the year, it's kind of become an award where it's not about what's the hardest to ride. It's about what the judges like the most. And that's kind of where I was headed with that, Coop. But it's a judge deal. They've, they've changed the rule. I kind of like it to where the guys don't have to vote anymore and they turn it into a race because then the fans can follow it. For the fans that are new, that haven't followed the PBR as long as we have. The riders used to vote on that years ago, and whatever, whichever one they voted on was the bucket bowl of the year. That was already decided before the final started, and then they've changed that to where they have to have so many outs and two outs at the finals counts and determines a world champion, which makes it a lot more fun to watch. Yeah, it's definitely easier to follow than just the, the voting that they used to do, but it kind of plays into bulls that get rode more. You know, you look at Bruiser, he won, won it how many times? Three, I think. And he got rode a lot. And that's not taking anything away from those bulls. I think it's great. People want to see big time bull rides and bulls like that can provide it. No doubt about it. But there's something I want to talk to you here about with the world standing. So if you look right now at the top 10 in the world standings, James, Six of the top 10 are riding more than 50% of their bulls. What do you think about that? Because there's never been more bull power at these events than there is right now. And guys are stepping up to the occasion. There's a lot of guys that are getting a lot of bulls rode this year. Are you surprised by that? What do you think of that? I am a little surprised by it, but at the same time, I think mentally they know that this is not a January to November deal anymore. It's not that they didn't mentally know that every bull counted even then, but now they really know. So now it's like, well, maybe I have a chance against somebody like Jose in a, in a short period of time to catch him or anybody else that's in the lead, whereas normally I may not stay as consistent throughout an entire year, but I can stay more consistent in a four or five month period and less injuries because you won't have to get on as many bulls, etc. as far as throughout the entire year unless you're on the team deals. Although the way they're throwing these events together at guys, I'd, I'd hate to say less injuries because they're throwing just as big of a regular season in a five-month period, I think, are pretty close to it, minus maybe four or five events that they would normally have in a five-month period so i'm not sure it's not harder so my hat goes off to all of them because anytime you can ride 50 percent or higher you're up there and you're making a pile of money yeah i think it's really good to see for the fans as well when you see 20 something 30 bull rides in a weekend it makes for a lot better watching than when they only ride 10 so i'm i'm happy about it i love it and i think it's going to be a really, really good race when they get down there to Fort Worth. Like, I don't see anybody in this deal that's just going to pull away where it's going to be all but over with down at the finals in Fort Worth. I think it's going to be 
a hard fought deal right down to the end. And I think it's going to come down to the last pole. Those are the best races to watch. Yeah, and it's becoming one. And, and what's, a, what's the best part for me is, is there's guys in the top 10 or I'll even go as far as the top 14 or 15 that we don't typically see that high up in the standings. So they're knowing, hey, not only do I need to elevate my game for the UTV, but I hope I get picked for one of these team deals later on after the finals. They're they're thinking about that too. But when it comes down to it, regardless of who you are, you gotta take one bull at a time and just do your job. But I think we'll move right into our rank ride fantasy portion of this podcast. Rank Ride Fantasy Bull Riding is free to play in 2022. Make your picks for PBR riders and bulls and get in on the action. The year-end champion will receive a VIP trip for two to PBR World Finals in Fort Worth, Texas, and a custom Rank Ride bragging rights buckle. Follow Rank Ride Facebook and keep up with great giveaways on the Rank Ride Fantasy Instagram page. Rank Ride Fantasy, your connection to the Western lifestyle you love. Sign up to play free at rankridefantasy.com. So it's no surprise. I think if you listen by now, you know me and James, we play Rank Ride Fantasy every week and you can find them at www.rankridefantasy.com, at Rank Ride Fantasy on Instagram, Rank Ride on Facebook, and Rank Ride TV on YouTube. Pretty simple game. Six bull riders every week. Pick two from each tier, one bull from each tier. So you got nine total athletes on your team. Highest total point score wins. There's a few intricacies with probabilities, percentages, all that. But name of the games, get your bulls row and get bull scores. And once again, James, I didn't get a bull score out of one of my bulls. I think for people that play, if you look at my team and whatever bull I pick, just go the other way. Run away as fast as you can because that's about been my luck the last three weeks. That's where I think moving forward at some point, either they're going to have to take the bull out of the equation or or have an alternate bull, just like an alternate rider, because that's happening more and more with these ABBI deals and stuff. They, you don't know if you're going to get out on them or not. And if you don't get out on them or if you get you know, a re-ride, you don't get a score. And that really kind of does take you out. Or sometimes, like at the Global Cup, they just switch your bull on you at the last second. Not getting out on them, the thing about that is, okay, like I can – I can watch a bull riding and then say, okay, like this one can give guys problems, right? Like maybe I want to stay away from them. So some of that's on me, but the deal with the global cup. Yeah. I had no control over that. I don't know what happened. I would just assume that the bull is probably sore or something for whatever reason that that contractor didn't think that bull was in the right place to perform for that day. And that's, that's a decision that those guys have to make. That's not an easy one. So he had to be genuinely concerned about his bull, bull's well-being. So I don't, I'm not mad about it. It's just tough because you're that's a last-minute deal. There's nothing you can really do about it. It is what it is. Just move on with it. But, yeah, I didn't have my best week. I didn't have my best week picking riders or bulls. It's been pretty tough. You know, the, the injury to Jose is definitely something I'm going to have to monitor a little more because if he is really that beat up, it's going to be not what you're expecting from Jose for a little while, potentially. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. I just know he was hobbling away pretty bad on Friday night, or Saturday night, excuse me. I was surprised he honestly got on. On Sunday, 
And I kept waiting for him to pull him off the sheet, thinking, oh, boy, I'm going to be down another rider. But being the cowboy and the world champion he is, he said, I'm here and I'm here to win. So we went out there and rode a bull, which doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely tough and he's definitely capable of doing it when he's banged up. It's just a question of we don't really know how beat up he is. I've been checking the injury reports on the PBR.com website and they haven't updated it since like the end of February. Like the last entry they have on there was February 26th. So it's really hard to know what the injuries are with these guys right now. I know Kyler Oliver looked a little sore too, it looked like. Yeah, there's injuries all over the place and we kind of touched on it earlier, but this condensed format that they're doing, like there's not a lot of off weeks. So these guys are having a harder time staying healthy. And I think that's going to really affect not only rank ride, but just the whole season in general, because it's going to come down to who's at more events. Oh, and absolutely. What do you think as far as lower tier guys? I mean, who are you looking at? And these tiers have been changing a lot because of the the injuries and all that stuff. It's been a lot of names coming in and out at these events. Who are some tier two and tier three guys that you feel confident going with? Because this last week, like if you were following that list of guys that were only guaranteed to get on one bull, that did not leave you very many options in tier three that were guaranteed two two bulls. That and Brandon Elbert wasn't even in the event, so he never even got on a bull. They just replaced him with Cody Jesus at the last minute, I think. He got the bull that Brandon was supposed to have anyway, so that just makes me assume that they replaced him. But that hurts also when you don't know a guy's going to not be there and he's on the list and he's one of your better options because he's guaranteed more than one bull. Sometimes all it takes is getting six scores in a weekend because it might be a one-day event. It might be a, a Sioux Falls type of deal where typically they might ride 18 in three days. So having six scores, whether you get two from one guy or whatever, but having six scores total will help you tremendously. So having little things like that happen really, really hurt. I kept my spot in the standings, but now I've got a bigger gap to make up. But I think, what, we got nine events left? I think so, pretty close to that, eight or nine. And so that's plenty of time to make up 600 points. Yeah, it's it's a tight deal there if you look at those standings for sure. And there's a lot that can happen. I mean, there is. And and I had Brendan Eldred picked on my personal team. I had no idea. (laughs) I had a busy weekend. I didn't get a, get a chance to tune into this stuff like I normally would. It was jam-packed over the weekend. But, yeah, if the guys don't get on, they can't get you any scores. You can't get any points, and you're not going to win. So, shame on me. I should have paid more attention. In your defense, I didn't have a clue until Slade Long put out the morning line because he highlighted Cody Jesus on hostage, and I knew that was the bull that Brandon Elders was supposed to have. Then I knew that Brandon wasn't there, so... I had time to change mine because I actually did the same thing and uh, you didn't. So you paid the price for that. Those are things that you need to monitor moving forward, folks, is don't be afraid to reach out to either one of us for our thoughts or opinions on Rank Ride. We'll help you. We want everybody to succeed. We want everybody to, to win so they'll keep playing and, and invite their friends to play. Let's make this thing a the biggest thing in Western sports and help it grow and, and helping each other 
succeed, then why not? I'll help anybody. Yeah, I can't overstate that enough that fantasy sports in general, doesn't matter what the sport is, is such a fun experience for someone tuning in to watch. And even if you're not watching, you know, there's times I don't watch very much basketball, but I've got a fantasy basketball team. Uh, It's fun to play. It's exciting. I mean, competing, like people like to compete and it's, it's an easy way to compete where you're not having to put your body at risk. You can watch the bull riding and you're competing as well. And and you don't have to pay the price if things go wrong. But uh, back to your question that you asked me earlier, as far as who am I looking for in, in lower tiers, Bob Mitchell in tier two, he's proven on most weekends that he can ride at least one bull and one bull ride score is better than no bull ride scores. So I'll take that every week if the matchup looks right. Pretty consistently, he at least gets one and he's rode two at an event. You know, I mean, he's a guy, his day two draw doesn't really bother me because he can fit, he can fit any of them. He's going to try for you. He's going to be gritty. He's going to do all that stuff. Mason Taylor in tier two, I know he didn't have the weekend he'd hoped for, but talent wise, yeah, that guy probably is a a tier one talent level guy that's been in tier two that, I mean, he's pretty tough to leave off your team. Then the rest of it for me just comes down to draw. If they draw something that I think they can ride round one, I guess in the lower tiers, that's pretty much what I go off of. Because if you're looking at tier three guys, there's a reason they're in tier three. They're either not riding very good or they're young or whatever. So for me, if I think they can get one score on the board for me, sign me up. Because when you're picking your tier one guys, at the end of the day, those are the guys you're saying, go take my team and put it on your back. You go ride three bulls this weekend. I'm going to try to get some scores underneath here from tier two and tier three. You know, that's ideally how you're going to construct your team doesn't always work out that way. You're going to have some times where a tier three or tier two guy takes the whole thing and wins the event. But most weeks, that's where it's going to come in is it's a lot of times the guys that win the event come from tier one. That's not every week, but a lot of the times it is. So when I'm looking at tier two and tier three, I think they can get a score. Sign me up. Yeah, I think that'll about wrap this up, James. Do you have anything to add before we get out of here? Oh, Absolutely. Just that you guys feel free to reach out to me and Cooper. I don't have a from the back pin email address yet, but I can uh, work on that if need be. And I'll let y'all know next time we get together what that is and how to reach out to me that way. And also uh, reach out to us through our social media channels. If you have any questions about how rank ride works and whatever, you can always reach out to anybody at Rank Ride, but if you want to reach out to us, we'd be glad to help you any way we can, whether that's setting up a team, whether that's helping you for the first time figure out how or which guys might work best for you, because we want everybody to succeed. We want everybody to have fun. And as usual, always remember that every day is a gift from God and what you do with it, quite simply and honestly, that's your gift back to him. Coop, the floor is yours, buddy. Back at you, James. Absolutely, guys. Feel free to reach out. Pretty easy to find us. We're on Instagram, at From the Backpens, From the Backpens on Facebook, and also From the Backpens on YouTube. But yeah, just reach out. We're down to help anybody 
tips as far as how to play the game or even if you just have general questions about the PBR, bull riding, anything like that, feel free to hit us up. We're always here to help. We want to see the sport grow as, as much as it can and, and anything to help that grow, we're willing to do. So yeah, let us know whether it's about the podcast, whatever. We want your feedback, good, bad, or ugly, it don't matter. So but I think that'll be it. You guys have a good week. Until next time, come back and visit us again from the back pens. <laughs> <laughs>